You're listening to Table Chat. I'm Erin. And I'm Rachel. We're full-time dietitians and part-time pizza slash taco enthusiasts. <laughs> this is our show where we talk food, nutrition, and whatever else we feel like. So come sit around our table and chat. Because the more you know, the more you can eat. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Doing good. Before we get started today, we just wanted to give some shout outs to certain people who are messaging us on Facebook, Mm -hmm. emailing us, commenting on Instagram, leaving us iTunes reviews. We honestly can't believe it. Yeah. Seriously. Thank (laughs) you so much. So much. We're so happy. We have friends. I know. It's exactly what we wanted. (laughs) Can you believe it? This is our plan the whole time. You guys are making us feel so popular. And Mm -hmm. if you have ever looked at our logo you know that we had some serious bowl cuts for a oh. serious portion of our life we were not popular girls growing up not at all so this is like payback we are just getting it back tenfold <laughs> and seriously in the beginning you've heard us joke about this before but it's not just our moms are who are listening right in fact our moms were like we don't even know how the podcast works they're like what's an itune oh, what is god. that oh my god <laughs> I'm like, mom oh my gosh yeah love them but Serious. You guys out there, you're doing the real work out there. Yes. <laughs> so here's a couple shout-outs we wanted to um, just say hi to and thank you. Um, we received a Facebook message the other day from Emily P. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a fellow dietitian. Um, she said that this was like her very first podcast. Yeah, that she's ever listened to. That she's to. ever listened to. And then our latest episode, so episode four. On the one exercise. I, yeah, the exercise one. She listened to that one and then she listened to all the other ones afterwards and I believe she said she binged on them. Right. <laughs> and like that is like a dietitian approved binge. Yes. Podcasts. Podcasts always. <laughs> and then um, I had a high school friend. Her name is Sammy and she sent me another Facebook message as well. Just said how much she enjoyed it and loved listening to it. And also this is her first foray into podcasting so mm-hmm. i was like oh my god here's like 20 others that you should listen to as yeah. well yeah. yeah and we also want to give a shout out to tracy c she guys is actually a chef she just finished culinary Ooh. school and she is going to hook up with us she's got some recipes that we are going to try on the show we're so excited that mm-hmm. she's developed cameron b he is living in san diego he's in the navy thank you so much for listening and your nice comment on our facebook page that you're enjoying the show and we've mentioned i think at least once before buffalo exchange it's this like secondhand store in uh, arizona i think there's a few in the west coast Mm -hmm. but i like selling things there and then using store credit there to buy other things but i was there selling some stuff and lexi at the counter was you know we just started chatting about food and nutrition i said i have this this podcast if you ever want to tune in so lexi if you listened hi lexi hi lexi (laughs) Uh, and we would love to give a short rundown on how you can actually leave an itunes review there'll be more in the show notes Mm -hmm. on Mm tablechatshow.com but it's real simple you can either open the podcast app if you have an iphone and you just search our show and then it lets you leave a review right Uh, as well as a star rating you can put a screen name it can be totally anonymous yeah except we'd love to know yeah who it is because we're snoopy exactly (laughs) (laughs) and then you can also go directly on itunes and it says i think write a review yes it does Mm -hmm. same thing yeah very cool so thanks guys yeah thank you 
So today we are talking about one of the topics that brought us a lot closer together Mm -hmm. and kind of why we started the podcast in general. So this is our shared food philosophy of intuitive eating and mindfulness. You have heard us mention this practically every episode. (laughs) Yeah. And if you haven't Googled it by now, we are here to talk all about it. So we're basically be sharing how it's shaped our eating styles, our careers, and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, during our dietetic internship where we met during the first orientation day, everyone was sitting around a table discussing like who they were, what rotations they were most excited about or super nervous about, <laughs> and what areas of the nutrition field they were most interested in pursuing later after we finished the program. Mm-hmm. And we both mentioned intuitive eating and how it's really impacted our lives and especially the work of fellow dietitian Evelyn Triboli, who we'll talk about more. But we, we were like on the same side of the table, so we kind of looked over like, hey, like we should talk yeah, more later. Later. Like we're like twins almost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, like so much to say about it, but first, let's eat. Today, Rachel mm-hmm. prepared a dish for us, so what do you have for us? I made what I'm calling Alyssa's chocolate chip cookies. <gasps> are these the so cookies? So these are the cookies, if oh. you remember correctly, in episode two yes. when we did our kitchen tour and we talked about our greatest triumph in the kitchen. And mine was my first time in high school really ever cooking something from scratch okay. or bake, in this case baking something from scratch. These cookies, I love them so much. I used to babysit for a family who made these, had them all the time at the house. It was such a comfort, so delicious. And anyways, for my birthday one year, I asked my mom if she could get the recipe from Alyssa, which she did, and now I have it, and I make them, and they're awesome. Oh my God, I literally have been waiting for this moment. Because I mean, you have told me just, there's like stars and rainbows and unicorns that fly out when you talk about these cookies. Out your face, out your butt, (laughs) everywhere, okay? So these cookies, actually, so I um, made these last week, and I froze them, and... um, I am going to prepare them as I liked them in the past. So I'm going to microwave them right now for about 10 to 10 seconds. Ooh, okay. And then um, I'll be back, okay? Okay. So you just entertain everybody while I be like, get these in the microwave, okay? The Aaron Comedy Hour. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the chicken, or why did the son, how did the, why did the <laughs> Uh, terrible. But um, Okay. It smells really good in here. Oh man, these are perfect. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I really like the dish that you put them into, by the way. Also mentioned on episode two, my <gasps> pie dish, my favorite pie dish in the world. Oh my god, they're okay. like gooey. Gooey, still kind of like cold around the edges, but yeah. warm in the middle. Oh my gosh. There's literally nothing better on the planet. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> this is the best day of my life. <laughs> oh, good God, Lemon. These are such good cookies. Wow. Okay. Oh. These are so... There's something very different about the sweetness level of these. Hmm. I can't quite describe it, but tell me, how did you make them? Okay. I have like, okay. Let me 
get myself together here. <laughs> so, okay. The recipe, first you cream butter, white sugar, and brown sugar. And again, as heard in episode two, KitchenAid mixer mm-hmm. really does the job. If you don't have a KitchenAid mixer, you can still make these. I made these long before I owned a, a mixer. And then you add eggs, vanilla, you add slowly in your flour. So it has a nice time to churn and mix and mm-hmm. get all in there. Um, there's a little bit of salt, some baking soda, and then this might be the sweetness you're talking about, but I use milk chocolate chips. That's I, it. I am not about that semi-sweet oh, garbage. Man. Me neither. That is like for the birds. It's, oh my God. And then you bake it at 375 for 8 to 10 minutes, depending on like how hot your oven gets. Um, we'll put the full recipe up on our website. But literally just, like, the perfect cookie. And, like, right now, oh, my gosh, do you see how, like, the chips are melty in the middle? Oh, I love... Sorry, I'm having a moment over here. That's okay. You just have it. Oh, it's like, oh, I love it so much. (laughs) Okay, I I think I love about these is because I am definitely not a crunchy cookie person. Oh, no, me either. My husband is, though. Like, literally, like, hockey pucks. I'm like, dude, no. So these, I love the fact that you bake them so that they're kind of like crispy on the outside, but then they're very gooey in the middle. Very gooey. That's how I like my cookies, a little almost doughy in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Oh, it's just like such a good cookie. And so I will say too, um, I used to just make the dough, yeah. get them in the oven as soon as I could before I ate all of the dough for dinner. Oh my God. But... I have been listening to old episodes of my favorite podcast, Spilled Milk. Okay. Another great podcast to listen to. Um, they did an episode on chocolate chip cookies. And Molly, one of the hosts, said that she chills her dough at least overnight. Interesting. Sometimes people do it like, I think they said like 36 to 48 hours. You know, this reminds me, I think I heard this before. There's like a New York Times best chocolate chip cookie ever i've never tried it but there mm-hmm. it requires like two days of refrigeration like quote-unquote aging your yes, dough aging your dough mm-hmm. okay and i guess what that does is allows kind of like the wet ingredients to migrate in and moisturize oh, that's such a gross word Whoa. for a cookie you just but said that <laughs> get in there mix with like your flour mm-hmm. and um it just brings out a better flavor and then um when you actually go to bake it, they don't like spread out as much. Okay. They kind of stay in like a good cookie shape. Right. So were these pretty easy to make? Oh, so easy. Literally, I mean like I went from like never cooking anything from scratch in high school to this was like my first triumph in the kitchen. Awesome. And I've just been baking them ever since. Okay. They are a winner every time. Man, did you eat a lot of chocolate chip cookies as a kid? Well, it's my favorite dessert. Okay. So I think I think so. I don't actually even remember like my first chocolate chip cookie. I'm sure it was all like Betty Crocker type yeah. box stuff. Right. Um, but this was I remember the first chocolate chip cookie and I ate these for the first time. I must have been in junior high or high school. Yeah. When I started babysitting for the Bent family and Oh, it's like just, you can't go back once you've had these. No, you can't. Like literally Toll House cookies, like the recipe on the back of the bag. Uh-huh. No. Not, no. Not the same. No thanks. <laughs> oh. Those oh, are just okay. so good. Well, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. If you were to rate these on a one to five 
scale, what would you give my cookies, girl? I would give them a five plus plus. Plus plus? Plus 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 plus. Mm. Like, if there was a 10, I'd give it a 10. These are seriously the best chocolate chip cookies I have ever had. Oh, Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I um, am not about to feel bashful. I give my cookies like a 200 right yep. now. Yep, you should. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I made enough for us to have two. So we're going to dig in. I just grabbed another one. We might have to take a break, guys, I know. to eat the rest <laughs> of these cookies and get back. And, and before we do take that break to eat the rest of these cookies, Erin, do we feel guilty about eating these cookies? Um, no. <laughs> so back to our favorite topic, intuitive eating. We thought since uh, this is something we talk about so frequently, both on the show and in our life, we would ask those closest to us, what do you think intuitive eating is? I personally, I asked my parents, I asked my siblings, I've got two sisters and a brother, and I asked my boyfriend. That's a lot of people. Yeah, I'd actually, it was like some real like um, field research. <laughs> Who did you ask? I asked my mom, I asked my husband Jason, and I asked my dad, but I couldn't get a hold of him. But luckily- You talked recently. I did. Okay. We had a conversation recently. So let me run through the mill here. Um, AJ said, I think intuitive eating is eating that is not mindless. You're able to focus on eating as if it were any other daily task that requires attention. I like that a lot. Mm, I do too. My sister Amy said, I think it's your ability to know when you are full. It's also the concept that you know what is good and bad for you and your body. And my sister Katie said, um, I think it's being aware of what you eat and mindful of how much of that food you are eating. So intuitive eating isn't saying you can't eat that slice of pizza, but be aware of what other um, healthier foods you could eat along with that slice of pizza. Definitely not a diet. Oh my God. I know. Isn't that awesome? I mean, all of these, I just like can't get over how, how like insightful my family is. Um, (laughs) let me see. Gosh, my text messages here just like... Okay, okay, my dad. My dad, okay, my dad is like the cutest. He said, an eating process that occurs as a natural extension of your lifestyle. Wow. I know. And then the next text he said, he's like, I hope I'm right. Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. So cute. I know. And I was like, that was like, I love your answer. It's perfect. Yeah. And then my mom, I saved my mom's answer for last. Yeah. And I'll get into why that is and how she raised us um, in terms of food and eating. But she said, I think it is knowing in your mind and in your body what it is you need to eat. Being aware of eating balanced food and not overeating and listening to your body when it tells you you're really hungry or you're actually full. And she said that um, she's had a hard time with having success with this in her own life. I know that when she grew up, um, she was raised in a family where you cleaned your plate. You know, Mm -hmm. you didn't, there weren't leftovers. We ate what we were portioned out, (laughs) even if you weren't hungry anymore. And she said, I have always wondered why even um, my own kids could stop eating before they finished every last morsel on their plate. Not something I ever learned. Fascinating. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow. I love that, though. Yeah. So how about your own family? So my family was a little hard to get a hold of, I will say. (laughs) But I was able to talk to them on the phone and in person. Mm -hmm. So these are kind of like my basic rundown of what they had to say. So I guess I'll start with my husband first because he and I 
we've talked a lot about intuitive eating in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I said, if you could kind of erase everything that we've ever talked about and give me your first impressions, right? what you think it is. And he said, well, I really think it means eating when you're hungry. That was his first thing. Mm-hmm. So, but then he thinks that he has like a little trouble with the term because he himself finds that he is hungry sometimes, but sometimes he wants to continue eating. So he doesn't understand like what makes that, is that intuitive? Is that good? Uh-huh. So I think he's still struggling with like the terminology of it. Okay. Um, but it, he thinks it's a hard process to kind of understand, but he would like to learn more about. Okay. Um, and then I, he was joking around. We had leftover stromboli pizza type thing. And he said, I'm going to intuitively eat these other two pieces right now. <laughs> and I said, I hope that was a good thing. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so you're just going to eat the rest of this. Exactly. But intuitively. <laughs> intuitively. I know I'm eating it. Um, my mom was very cute because I have talked about this book a lot with her as well and the first thing that she said was is that the book that you talk about a lot is that the book that you read right and like Um, the book intuitive eating yes we we haven't mentioned that we will Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so the book um and she said generally this sounds like you should listen to your intuition so you should listen to your cues listen to yourself how are you feeling um like your mom actually she says that she has struggled with this her entire life and Um, she's also come up from a a household where her mother is from Germany and like grew up during depression war times Mm -hmm. and so it was always like house is stocked with food everyone has to eat all the food all the time there's no waste there's no waste yeah and that was so hard to deal with um but yeah my mom has struggled so much with body image and like a previous just like disordered um eating habits so she says now she feels much more she feels much happier and more intuitive in her eating style. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, uh, we had this long discussion a while ago, um, last time he visited, about having confidence in your food choices, which I think goes along with intuitive eating. And so he said um, he finds that the topic of intuitive eating very intriguing, but he also thinks, do people need some sort of guideline, though? Does that mean that you can still eat whatever you want and is that considered healthy right so i think we'll jump into that because it's a very common um comment that we hear yeah yeah definitely um and i just realized i didn't report on what my brother said oh yeah can't we get him we talked about it earlier yeah but he had said like he thinks intuitive eating is utilizing everyday foods in newer different ways I like and that. that was like the one that was very intriguing to us, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about more, but that could definitely apply to being out and about and like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being able to eat in different environments, right. eat things you aren't normally eating and being okay with that. Right. Don't restrict yourself. Yeah. Um, so again, <laughs> on, on our own show, on our own show, we prove that there are many more people more qualified and more eloquent than us to, to run this, run this show, yeah. you know, so but we're going to continue to hog it for ourselves. Yeah, we're just going to keep pretending like we are, we are in charge. So what is our definition of intuitive eating? Simply put, uh, intuitive eating is a broad philosophy as well as an eating practice that is anti-diet in nature without rejecting the need to address health risks of eating and obesity, a.k.a. it's eating uh. without forbidden foods, with heavy regard for proper nutrition, which goes back to kind of that, like, why, like, what's the guideline? Can right. this still be healthy? Right. Is this okay? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty simple. 
if you don't love it, don't eat it. And if you love it, savor it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But often I've found that when I talk about it with other people, they either find it really intriguing or they're really turned off by it. (laughs) (laughs) I think many people mistake intuitive eating as this like new age practice where you're like meditating over your food and you're like each bite you're like thinking of where it came from and Mm -hmm. how it was produced which some people actually do that's Mm -hmm. not what i do but for some people that's a good process for them to be able to appreciate their food right that's some that's like a a part of of it i think yeah it can be yeah yeah, I've actually, I've experienced that as well. Um, and I'll get into this in a little bit, but essentially because I'm working in private practice, like I've either people are into it or they're not, but mm-hmm. we kind of start working maybe on the sly a little bit of mm-hmm. just being in tune with your emotions, your habits and your hunger cues, mm-hmm. which we'll focus on. This book that we've been talking about is essentially called Intuitive Eating, a revolutionary program that works. Mm-hmm. And it's written by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And both of them are just amazing people. This book is, I think, in its third publication now. Actually, let's see. Or fourth? Uh, I want to say six. I don't know. If oh I'm my gosh, right. wow. I've got the newest edition. Does it say? It might. I don't know. <laughs> We're so educated. Okay, hang on. We're going to find this out, okay? Or maybe we're not. I don't know. Here, let's look it up right now. I Okay, so your money's on third and I'm on... I think this is the sixth edition? No, that can't be right. Okay, here. I feel like six is like a lot. So let me go here. Third. Okay, you win. Winner. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. I don't even know where we are right now. I don't even know either. Okay. Should we just start this whole thing over? I don't even know. Here, we'll just say, essentially this book, I'm just going to read you the very first line in chapter one that says, Hidden, hitting diet bottom. I just can't go on another diet. You're my last resort. Boom. And this was, I believe, a client to... Yeah. They own a private practice. They do. This is a client talking about how she's done with dieting. Like She doesn't know where to turn. Uh-huh. She needs their help. Mm-hmm. So essentially, intuitive eating and the basis of this book starts off with these 10 main principles. And as a private practice and as dietitians, the, they wanted to focus on bringing it back to not a diet and not a meal plan and not ways of like you have to eat and strict guidelines. It was more of a celebration of the confident human being that you can be when you understand your cues, when you Mm -hmm. understand who you are and how to eat just normally. So those 10 principles, I'll start off with number one, it is to reject the diet mentality. Number two, honor your hunger. Number three, make peace with food. Number four, challenge the food police. Number five, respect your fullness. Number six, discover the satisfaction factor. Number seven, honor your feelings without using food. Number eight, respect your body. Number nine, exercise, feel the difference. And number 10, honor your health. Okay, first things first though, is this the same thing as mindful eating? Because I have heard that lots of times used interchangeably. Yeah, often they are, and they are very similar, so it's it's easy to either confuse them or consider them the same thing. 
But mindfulness itself is um, like an awareness and an acceptance of the current moment in time. And mindfulness has been around for thousands of years. Simply put, uh, it's paying attention to the present moment with curiosity and attentiveness and without judgment or criticism. Otherwise, like that non-judgmental living in the present. Right. Okay. So I so kind of what you're saying is that mindful eating is is this process of paying attention, mm-hmm. right? It, eating on purpose. Okay. So you're eating on purpose to your actual eating experience, and there's no judgment involved. Yeah. So it, kind of it, it's like yeah. it's um it could be paying attention to taste or texture or smell, mm-hmm. temperature, like exactly like we did in the beginning of the episode with the cookies like right noticing like okay this like chocolate chip is like super gooey and this one's kind of cold because it's been frozen and then rachel microwaved it right yeah um again intuitive eating it's it's often defined as a broader philosophy um, which includes physical activity for the sake of feeling good rejecting the dieting mentality um, using nutrition information without judgment and respecting our bodies as they are so there's so much of mindfulness weaved into intuitive eating Mm -hmm. but i think intuitive eating itself can be a more broad like we've said food philosophy yeah okay So how did you first learn about this concept of intuitive eating? So like I mentioned with my mom, we were kind of just um, raised that way to know that, hey, if you're telling me you're not hungry anymore, you don't have to finish what's on your plate. We're going to save it, but also know that this is dinner, you know. Okay, (laughs) yeah, right. Um, But actually, to be able to have put a name on it, it was in college. I was a freshman and I took a class and I was considering working in like the treatment of eating disorders at that time. Mm-hmm. And there was a dietitian who came to speak to one of my classes who was currently working at an inpatient eating disorder treatment facility. Mm-hmm. And I went up at the end of class and I asked her if there were any resources I could focus on to better prepare for a field like that. And the first thing she said was, you need to read intuitive eating if you haven't already. So that was the first time I like got the book and I kind of understood it more as a philosophy and an eating practice. And I thought to myself, oh, this is like what I've been doing for most of my like growing up years. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. How about you? I was actually not raised this way at all. Um, I hadn't really heard about intuitive eating or even focused on mindfulness until I went through Uh, some counseling when I was about 18 years old and I actually never met a dietitian didn't even know what a dietitian was but I was working with a therapist and he mentioned to me that I should read the book intuitive eating and I thought that was kind of interesting because I had been struggling with some type some types of disordered eating styles particularly binging Mm -hmm. and um, I read the book and honestly my first impression was this this doesn't make sense. Like, okay. how could I get to this point? Uh-huh. Like, this just seems so hard and just so open. Maybe open. Yeah, I felt like I don't. I don't. I can't do this. I need guidelines. I. I need. I need help. Like rules. I need rules. I yeah. didn't feel comfortable. So from there, I actually I stopped reading the book. I never finished it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until like a few years later, and. A few years later, or after the fact, I actually felt more comfortable. I revisited it. It's funny because I never actually got rid of the book, and I am a, I am a, a 
I definitely get rid of things a lot. We'll talk about this in a future episode. On, like, living. <laughs> living, simply. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I kept the book, and I reread it, and I was noticing that even when I was working on um, my own style of weight loss and just trying to get my life in order again, I noticed that I was starting to listen to my hunger cues. I st- was starting to listen to um, when I felt full. I was using exercise not as like a punishment. I was using it, you know, to make me feel good. And I was like, okay, I guess there's room for this in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think room for it to help with others. And so essentially that's kind of how I learned about it and then started using it. So have you always been able to eat this this way though? (laughs) So it's funny. I perceive this as almost a trick question because (laughs) um, we're actually all born with that innate ability to regulate our hunger. Right. That's why you'll see these little kids that like come in for a snack after like playing outside and they'll eat like two bites and then they leave it and they run back outside. (laughs) Or, like, there's even, like, desserts out. And a kid will come out from, like, a birthday party and, like, grab, like, a handful of cake, eat some of it, and then, like, run off and keep playing. Yeah. Like, kids are, like, not afraid of food disappearing. They're like, the food's going to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play and go do my stuff. And mm-hmm. when I'm hungry, you know, I'll come back for it. Um, the, the thing that can be hard is along the path of growing up, we can lose that sense of trust of our bodies. And um, it can kind of just get messed up. And even though I was raised in a really great household where, like, the kitchen was a central part of the home and we were allowed to eat freely and put things in the fridge if we didn't want to finish them, Mm -hmm. come back to them. I remember a time in junior high that I started to become almost hyper aware of, like, what other people were eating and what I was eating. And I remember a couple times at lunch, like... I wasn't afraid to like get more on my lunch tray than I thought I would be hungry for because I was able to tell myself, oh, it's okay if I don't finish all of this. I can save some or I can just toss it. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but I remember some people starting to make comments like, you get a lot of food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're kind of like, gosh, well, like, am I? And like, do people perceive that right. as bad? Um, so that was like a short period of my life. Um, I grew out of it. I stopped caring because yeah. <laughs> I knew what worked for me. Yeah. But it can be tough. Yeah, that's definitely tough. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned you, you didn't really, you didn't eat this way always. No. And this is an interesting part. I think because I think that the reason why I didn't like the book when I first read it was because it started to stir up all of these memories of well, when did that actually stop? Like, when did I stop? eating intuitively like Uh was there a moment in time was there an instance like I couldn't figure it out and like I had kind of a rough childhood and I've talked a little bit about this before but like it wasn't this ideal environment you know lots of family strife lots of emotions and moving around a lot and stuff and I honestly think that like eating wasn't the issue it was everything else around it which caused me to like choose to binge on things or choose to not listen to my hunger cues and so I think like so yeah it it stirred up a lot of emotions and then now ever since I read it again and I've started incorporating it into my practice which I'll talk about um, I just feel more at peace like honestly Mm -hmm. there's this kind of this this like very humbling effect when you start to just be okay with the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it becomes almost less about eating, like I said, and more about 
how you live your life. Yeah, just a broad yeah, philosophy. Very much so. Yeah. And it can definitely change your life too. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you applied this to your career? And like... In your personal person, eating okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I would say now, currently, when I meet with patients, I always let them guide the interaction that we have. So many of them will tell me that they're already trying at home to pay better attention to their hunger and fullness cues, and they're trying to avoid more like emotional eating. Um, I feel like I don't really bring it up as much. I don't know. Sometimes it's not as appropriate right. in like an inpatient setting. However, I hope one day to move into more private counseling like you do and um, be able to focus on this more as like a foundation. Mm-hmm. And personally, obviously, it's my food philosophy and it's it's so positively shaped my life. And like you, it's given a lot of comfort in my life and just, um, I think, overall confidence in who I am yeah. and just loving myself a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I like that term. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, since I, obviously I can't wait to like answer questions. Like I keep like, an, I keep answering like three questions ahead. <laughs> so I've mentioned this career thing a little bit, <laughs> but um, so I am in private practice. And so I have, I use this a lot with people and a little bit like before, not everyone is very open to it. And it's not like I start off every session like, okay, we're going to work on eating intuitively. Yeah, like principle one, principle let's one. go. We're doing it right now. Like all uh-huh. 10. Yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. You know, more of more of the time it's working on, let's just figure out like how you're feeling during the day. You know, I'm very much into like the therapy component to it. So I work with, with therapists and I'd like to pursue that later on in like more education. But mm-hmm. um yeah, we focus on getting like getting your emotions in check around food. And then from there, we're figuring out like, well, what does it feel like to be full? Or what does it feel like to have hunger? Um, and a lot of the time that's very, that's very like raw for so many people, yeah, much like how yeah. I felt before. It's very like, oh God, I don't know if I can do this for the long term because sometimes there's, there's comfort in guidelines and there's yeah. comfort in like, macros in my fitness pal and keeping right. it simple right but. and knowing that like this is your input and yeah. then you're gonna have a certain output yeah and and I think as I've moved into more of like the intuitive eating being my comfort zone mm-hmm. there are definitely people who the rules are their comfort zone they want to know if I do this this and this mm-hmm. I'm either going to lose weight gain weight or maintain my weight exactly they want that formula right oh but life is not a formula every day is so different which can make it difficult it's very true Mm -hmm. and honestly there is room for guidelines you know like especially when you're working with an eating disordered patient like a lot of the time you're focusing on bringing back just a sense of balance like you just want consistency with eating and a lot of the time like they haven't had that and so like we're not focused so much on the intuitive part it's more of like let's just eat and eat very balanced and right. we'll focus on you know like carbs and protein and fat and blah 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 right. but eventually like we'll lead into more of this intuitive style and i think too there has to be for people who like the rules yeah there is that underlying rule of like uh you can't just eat whatever you want all the time yes we still have to have like solid nutrition right we've already mentioned exactly yeah 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 and 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 also this is just my personal food philosophy as well yeah (laughs) Yeah. but um do you feel like it works for everyone we've kind of talked about this i 
we've touched on this obviously already. I think that intuitive eating works for those who are ready for it and are seeking it out. Like the first line of that chapter, like that person's like, I'm done with dieting. I'm ready for something else. Right. So it's definitely something that people have to come to. Yeah, I agree. Can, can you lose weight while you're intuitively eating? You can. I agree. You can. But that's not what the program is really about. Right. That's not, it, it's not a program even or like a no. prescription for weight loss. Exactly. Um, some people do lose weight on it, but again, it's not the focus. And I think intuitive eating helps you to learn that our weight is is not the only indicator of health. Exactly. It's a very small part of it, actually. <laughs> it is. It's such a small part of it. But I... And I, I like could go on a rant for such a long time, but I just, I really get sick of like this dieting culture that exists so, it's just so prevalent in our culture of like, you have to think about your weight. You have to think about, you know, how much are you eating? What are you eating? Oh, you shouldn't eat that. Like there's so much more focus on like what you shouldn't do right, and less right. focus on just like listening to yourself. Like right. listen to what your body is trying to tell you and listen to what your it's just yeah, anyway. It can be hard. It can be hard for me too. Like I am not a perfect Oh yeah. 100% Same. of the time intuitive eater. Same. Like there are some days where I'm like, gosh, like I I would like a few rules because I've mm-hmm. mentioned before when you're in a stressful program, sometimes you gain a few pounds. <laughs> you and do. then you get on the other side of the program and you're like, what? <laughs> what just happened to me? And there's there's days where I'm like, gosh, I'm like feeling myself. I love myself. It doesn't matter. And then there's the days where I'm feeling really weak or just feeling like, oh, you know, I wish that I was exercising more like I used to. Or right. I wish that you know, just like wish, wish, wish. Right. I think it's important that you said that though, because that's like these, these principles that they discuss in the book, it's more of kind of like a fallback thing. Like you, if you catch yourself feeling like, God, I just don't know like what to do. And obviously no one is perfect, Right. but it, you, it brings you back to like, okay, well let's just go back to basics. Then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you though, are there any principles of the 10 that you feel maybe like they ring really true for you Ooh, okay let me scroll back to the top this was an on the fly question i know i'm not prepared for I this know. okay let's see um, i'm just gonna eat my cookie over okay here. i think principle number nine exercise feel the difference mm, mm-hmm. call back again to a past episode on exercise um i think exercise is one of those things we can use as like punishment for how we eat. Heck yeah. Mm. We've mentioned this before, like, gosh, I ate whatever it is, a chocolate chip cookie, a piece of pizza, whatever it is, or I ate too much of this one thing, even if it's a quote unquote healthier food. Right. Um, now I have to burn it off. Um, I think with me for exercise, it's like, oh, I just like have to go out and do it and make it happen. But when you're exercising and like a way that makes you feel joy and is not like <laughs> killing you, then it can be really enjoyable. And I personally have felt a difference, especially in the last few weeks since we recorded that episode. Yeah. I have actually been exercising almost every day. Are you? Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Lowering my risk for premature death. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Yeah. So that's ringing true to me. How about you? Um, Mine is going to be the one right next to it. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yes, it's a, about respecting your body. Uh-huh. That one was crucial for me. I definitely, for the longest time in high school, probably like later on in high school, beginning of college, around that time that I was like seeking counseling and therapy, I would definitely hide myself. I would hide my body. I would be ashamed of it. And like those episodes of, of binging and just being full of anxiety and emotion, I found that when I started focusing on just like like making myself feel good, like when I got myself ready for the day and I put on something that made me feel good, uh-huh. then ultimately my day just like was a much brighter, mm-hmm. brighter thing. And then I started just getting into like seeing that not everyone's built the same. People have different body types. You could have this like immaculate eating style and like blah, blah, blah. And maybe you force yourself to diet, but everyone's going to look different. Like everyone has different bone structure, facial structure, like, right. doesn't matter. Right. Well, there was a a picture. If I can find it, I'll link to it. Um, I think it had a lineup of like 10 different women. And at the top, it was like all of these women weigh 150 pounds. Yeah. I've seen that. And they're different heights. Yeah. Different, like their hips are wider. Some have slimmer legs. Right. Some are really, really strong, just super toned. Right. I mean, again, weight is not the only way that we tell how healthy someone is. Exactly. Yeah. What can a person do to get started on the path to intuitive eating if they're interested? Um, I say pick up the book <laughs> Intuitive yes. Eating. Um, you can always reach out to us yeah. if you feel comfortable. We both have a copy. We can lend it, we'll we lend can, it to you. We can let you borrow it. <laughs> Actually, I have a copy that's signed by Miss Evelyn Trebolli. Whoa. I know. So you win. <laughs> so I won't be sharing that one. <laughs> um, you can um, look up some different resources that we'll mention at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And a really good thing to do is maybe talk with your own family and friends and loved ones and say, hey, like, what does it mean to you to, like, listen to your body? Like, what do you, how do you feel about, like, listening to your hunger cues? Yeah. And just kind of finding a support system if it's something that you're ready for to share. Um, that's been a really big thing for me is knowing that I could reach out to my family and it's so comforting that they were willing to share with me the things that they felt and were willing to have it shared on the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I agree. Yeah. Find yourself that, find yourself your crew, find a tribe of people that you Mm -hmm. feel comfortable with. Um, yeah, and just chat about it. I mean, that's why we're here. We just like chatting about all kinds of stuff. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so what are some of your favorite resources that maybe are similar to intuitive eating, but maybe have like shaped how you feel about yeah. the style? Yeah. So I will list um, two of my favorite resources outside of the book, Intuitive Eating. Mm-hmm. One, it's a super quick read. It is literally a paragraph long. <laughs> we'll link to it in our show notes. It's Ellen Sater's definition of normal eating. Oh, yeah. And basically what she concludes is that eating should be very flexible Every day looks very different, um, and I it's largely impacted my beliefs. And um, on my blog, um, thefoodishblog.com, I, under the food philosophy tab, have written about this. Right. That 
sometimes um, you go on vacation and it just feels great to get the gelato and get two, <laughs> two scoops of it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, and then, I mean, that's not how you eat every day, typically, you know? Exactly. So it's okay. Right. It's okay. And then another one that I love is the book. It's also right here on my table. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so heavy. Okay. <clears throat> it's called Eat What You Love, Love What You Eat. How to Break Your Eat, Repent, Repeat Cycle. Isn't that awesome? I love that. Um, it's written by a physician, Dr. Michelle May. She's yeah. actually a local doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, her book is great. She has different workshops yeah. and different um, just steps you can take to be aware of your hunger and why you're hungry and why you're eating something. Right. Yeah. I w- will say I have used a ton of her resources on her website she has like so many handouts you could sign up for like live workshops and stuff yeah so go to her website so cool we'll show you how to get there on yeah on the old blog oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) how about you um i think mine are very they're a little bit more like maybe spiritual and maybe like um like personal story like additions of maybe okay. how people have incorporated intuitive eating. Um, one of them is from an author. She's written probably like 10 to 15 books on just being in tune with yourself. One of them is called Women, Food, and God. Um, and, you know, I will say, I'm not, this is not like a, a podcast that we're going to talk about like religion and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I think I'm just a very spiritual person, but this book focuses on just on being in tune with oftentimes not eating intuitively can affect women a lot of the time. Uh-huh. So this book just focuses on like listening to who you are, being comfortable with being like a strong female, and then focusing on living a life outside of your own head, like outside of your like obsessions and telling yourself you're not worth it, yada, yada. Okay. Very good read. Um, another one is from uh, Katherine Hansen. She wrote the book Brain Over Binge. And this one, it's fascinating, and I recommend it to so many people. Um, She kind of dives into, like, the science behind why we binge and why maybe there's kind of an addiction to, like, this compulsory style of eating. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much that food is the addiction. It's, like, the behaviors that lead up to it and what goes on, like, with the hormones and different chemical imbalances and stuff. Um, Really interesting read. Um, but yeah, those are my favorites. Wow. I think that really rounds it out. Those are really great things that people can have access to now. Definitely. So now we're closing out. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us on what has turned out to be a very vulnerable episode. Oh my God. new? Look at these. I'm raw. I'm open. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much if you listened through. Um, if you ever want to dine with us, please send us a recipe or a food that you'd like us to try. We love getting those suggestions. Definitely. And if you have any questions, uh, maybe something food-related, nutrition-related, intuitive eating-related, yeah. um, or maybe you just want to chat with us, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can reach us in many different places. Find us on Facebook. Uh, you can search The Table Chat Show. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, both those places. We are at Table Chat Show. We have a lot of fun on Instagram especially. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can email us at heytablechat at gmail.com. We'd love to hear more from you about this episode. Um, definitely reach out to us. 
if you have any more personal questions and you don't want to put it on Instagram or Facebook. Right. And on our website, we are um, tablechatshow.com. You can find there the show notes for today's episode, um, complete with the recipe for the chocolate chip cookies. Go get it. Yeah, and then we'll link to every resource that we mentioned. And if for any reason you think we've missed one, you just... (laughs) <laughs> you just let us know. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. You call us out. <laughs> and of course, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And we are loving the reviews that we're getting. Again, we have a few that are just making us feel so cool. <laughs> so um, more of those would be much appreciated. It just helps people find our show. Mm-hmm. And of course, that just means more friends. <laughs> we're all about that. Yeah. Um, sorry, I have cookie in my mouth <laughs> okay. right now. I want to eat the rest. I have. I'm going to eat some of this. <laughs> but thank you so much for chatting with us around our kitchen table. Now go away. Go live. Go do your thing. Go like find your hunger cues and mm-hmm. be mindful. But catch us next time on Table Chat, the show that's. Oh my gosh, I put the whole cookie in my mouth. <laughs> Eating all the cookies. <laughs> Eating all the cookies. <laughs> At once. <laughs> I'm not feeling guilty. Nope. Nope. Bye. Bye. I do like <laughs> that. was it. disgusting. Why did I say that? Oh, I've got chocolate in my molars. It's literally intuitive eating, a revelation. <laughs> revelation. It is a revelation. I am so good for radio. Okay. This book, this top. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let me write it down so I know what I'm saying. What the fuck is wrong with us? Why didn't we look this up before?